everybody, and welcome back to Don't Praise the Machine. This is episode number 147, as always. I'm one of your hosts. I go by the name Alexander Holland. I'm sat here in a beautiful Berlin, Germany at 7 a.m. in the morning, sat across from me digitally as he is every single week. It's Melbourne's number one podman. He's got to be the one called... John Maloney. And John Maloney, just before we started the podcast, I pressed the wrong button on the soundboard (laughs) Mm. and it loaded up a sound and I'm going to play that to you now. That that sounds as ripper as a kangaroo on a skateboard. (laughs) I'll be there quicker than a koala scoots up a gum tree. Let's make it a, a bonza bash with some snags on the barbie, a few tinnies, and cheer on like a bunch of cockatoos at a footy match. It'll be fair dinkum fun, I reckon. <laughs> so that's not me. <laughs> what? That's, wow. That is my friend Mason who has sampled my voice, fed mm. it into an AI, and then told it a bunch of dumb Australian things that he's made <laughs> up to say. Because, John, a little bit mm. of a warning to you. I mean, it doesn't yeah. really matter these days because you can do it with about fucking 30 seconds of somebody's voice these days. But you and I have a lot of our voices on the mm. internet for people and faces. We have days worth of sample material if people want to clone True. us. I'll play it again. I'll play it again for everybody. I didn't <laughs> say this. Mason just took episodes of the podcasts, fed it into an AI, and then yeah. and then Mason just gleefully typed away on the keyboard and made it go. That that sounds as ripper as a kangaroo on a skateboard. I'll be there quicker than a koala scoots up a gum tree. Let's make it a, a bonza bash with some snags on the barbie, a few tinnies, and cheer on like a bunch of cockatoos at a footy match. It'll be fair dinkum fun, I reckon. How is that? Wow, that's freaky. Crazy, huh? Crazy. How do I even know that it's you now? Exactly. How do you know it's me now? How do you know the podcast? I've been murdered in my flat (laughs) by by a gang, and now actually my likeness is being controlled (laughs) from a remote region of India by a team in a call center. (laughs) That's why. That's why. All all hail General (laughs) Crowell. That's why peppered throughout the podcast. I'll just be, I'll just be occasionally asking people to send Bitcoin to a particular address. Yeah, that's right. And and John, I want our listeners to know that that it's so easy to unlock the wealth that you've inherited. As I come to you this morning, John, just to remind everybody, we are on YouTube now, so everything that I'm saying right now is in video form. I'm addressing mm. the camera directly. Mm. Boy, is there a lot of fun being had over there on YouTube. People are coming in, they're clicking the subscribe button, they're leaving mm. comments. It's a yeah. real fun, fun and funky community that's starting yeah. to build over there. So if you've not checked this out, please do, please Pause the podcast if you have the opportunity. Go to youtube.com. Just type in Don't Praise the Machine, the podcast, and you'll see there's quite a lot of stuff getting posted in there. We're posting shorts. We're posting mm. the, the podcast in full. People are commenting, and the subscribers keep rolling in. Now, John, got a real easy question. Just start off the podcast for you this morning, and that is, John, what's one memorable experience from today that you'd like to share with the audience? from today (laughs) i'm trying to i'm trying to work on the ultimate open-ended but also Mm. easy to answer question Mm. with new people or people that you haven't seen for a while or just anybody you walk into a social situation yeah i'll let you answer the question and then we'll dive into why that either is or isn't a good question so just once again john john What's one memorable experience from today that you'd like to share? Guys and Al and listeners and viewers, I think this is a tricky one because it's been a very uneventful Sunday, a joyously uneventful Sunday for me. But I was, (laughs) but probably a highlight of that is getting a little bit of leftover steak from the fridge, slicing yes. it very thinly. I was channeling the bear, slicing it into very thin, beautiful <laughs> slices. Of, yeah. Screaming it, screaming at your partner Jacinta, calling her cousin. <laughs> <laughs> 
And uh, and I was thinking about the bear as I was doing it, thinking I could do this. Why are they getting so anxious on the bear? <laughs> and then I put a little bit of mayo on it, put a little bit of ma, what is it called? It's, it's a goat's cheese, Meredith, Meredith goat's cheese, which is a classic Australian cheese. I put a little bit of Cholula hot sauce on there. Yeah, with a little wrapped, wooden top. I love. Mm, I can feel it in my hand top. as he's telling me that. Yeah. Um, so, if I was so with you tactile. at a dinner party, if I was with you at a dinner party and you're telling this story and people mm. were gathering around, I'd say to everybody, everybody, do you know the feeling of a Cholula cap? And everybody mm. would make this twisting motion and go, "Please yeah. continue, John." I call it the Cholula bell end, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and and I wrapped it in a mountain bread. And I just ate it and watched Fall of the House of Usher on Netflix. And I thought, this is a nice little Sunday I'm having. Yeah. Mm. Well, so let's workshop this. So I'll mm. tell you a little bit of the thinking behind the question. I always like questions asking people what they were up to that particular day because I yeah. find that it takes the pressure off people trying to pick something that's, oh, because, you know, what's the classic? We always, we always say it's not the greatest mm. question to ask, what have you been up to? It's way too broad. People freak out. Yeah. They think I've got to say something that's impressive. What I like about what have you what have what I like about focusing on the day, yeah, is that it takes that pressure off. But then the other thing that I said to you is I I tried to say instead of saying what's the most memorable thing because even that mm. I think puts too much pressure on people. So that's why I opened it even further and I said what's one memorable thing from today mm. that you'd like to share. I still think it could use a bit of work. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking, I was even thinking of re- making it real, real weird and saying, hey, John, so this is what you would say at a at a party. You'd walk into a party. Yeah. There'd be a yeah. new man there that you'd never met before and they, his name would be mm-hmm. Jeff. And you'd mm-hmm. say, nice to meet you, Jeff. Jeff, what's one thing from the last three hours you can remember? Mm, that's a good idea. Yeah, Jeff, before you came to <laughs> Sex Club in Brunswick tonight, <laughs> What we- <laughs> did you have has your memory functioned in the last three hours have you do you have any recall from the last yeah. three hours that'd be tricky what was the or just because you're right i mean it's about the right level of openness versus yes closeness i mean too much closeness would be like what's the first thing that you ate today which would be like well, what am i going to do with that information but if you say <laughs> If you can't leave it a bit more open and rather than, you know, and too open is obviously, yeah, what have you been doing? What's the, what do you do? What do you get up to? Yeah. Um, Ask me. Ask me. Mm. <clears throat> okay. Now, what's the most, oh, your, your day's a lot newer than mine. So yeah, but let's open it up to yesterday. Let's sure. open it up to yesterday. In the last 24 hours, <laughs> what is what is a memorable moment that you want to share with our listeners and this. viewers? I love this question, John. I'm going to be standing mm-hmm. next to you at the dinner party, cheersing, mm. cheersing a beer. Last night I did something that I've been putting off for ages and I mm. did it. And it's one of those things that just makes you feel so good in your bones. And that is I backed up and set up my new computer. So now my mm-hmm. computer is ready to roll with all the software that I need hmm. from my old computer, I bought an external hard drive. I yep. loaded up Microsoft, not Microsoft. I loaded up Apple Time Machine, which is their backup program, which I've never used before, which is incredible. Hmm. So now I've got the whole thing set up. I've got my music external hard drive set up. Mm-hmm. I've got my Time Machine external hard drive set up. So it basically means that I can use my Macintosh computer, yeah. and whatever goes wrong, I can snap back to a backup oh. from from a couple of hours ago, right. and all my music is on an extremely fast SSD drive, and I've been mm. putting it off because it's kind of annoying, mm. but now I just feel like I'm ready to take Rearing. on 2024 yeah, that's with, nice. a brand, with a brand new hard drive, and then I would turn to the group and I'd say, does anybody else have external hard drive stories they want to share? <laughs> did actually go what's the, what's the memory what's it called time machine time so machine. that's just you don't you don't that just you know, backs it up yeah but it's i've always used third-party backup software which i, I mm-hmm. shouldn't have because 
Apple's had Time Machine for God knows how many years, and mm. apparently it's just incredible because I looked up. Mm. It's ve- I'm extremely anal and organized, as you might be aware, John, and so I have everything backed up from the mm. last 20 years of my using computers. I don't think I've lost anything. If you've wow. ever sent me anything, if I ever took a digital photo, yeah. my my house is basically one of one of the walls in my house is actually bricks of external hard drives that I've just it was so getting so big that <laughs> I just plastered I plastered over them and I've created <laughs> so sometimes people knock on it and they go and they go is that jip rock I go that's external hard drive that you're knocking on there builder <laughs> please be gentle that's some good so I, memories from 2004 had, there yeah so mm. I had to, uh, by the way, I actually also went through, this is actually the more interesting. See, this is what you're supposed to do. This is what you're yeah. supposed to do. I've, this is the more interesting you thing. You failed about your the, own test. <laughs> I failed my own fucking test. <laughs> the actual, the actual Everyone's logistics. Going, Can we go back to the beef lab, please? <laughs> <laughs> what I should have done is I should have said, what is interesting about my having set up my new backups is yeah. that I was going through old backups and so I went, I ended up down a rabbit hole, which I'm mm. sure a lot of our listeners will also be familiar with this experience. Mm-hmm. You find an old hard drive and yeah. you just pop it in and then you start going through all the stuff that you yeah. saved on it and all this, all this media, all these photographs in particular. Mm. But for me, it's loads and loads of old songs that are unfinished or old oh, wow. versions of old versions of songs that yeah. weren't the released versions a hmm. lot a few really bad quality videos because i'm talking about mobile phone videos from 2011 2012 but it was great i just went through every yeah, photo nice. that was taken when i used to live in london that's why you, you were able to send me a photo a day or so ago from 2006. That's right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Wow. And what's hilarious about those photos, as I said to you as well, is they were taken in 2006 mm-hmm. with, a, with at the time, probably one of the most expensive consumer digital cameras that you can get because that photograph that I sent you is from a house party that I went to in 2006. Right. And the house party was was being hosted by a then colleague of mine. I worked mm-hmm. at a cafe and in the same shopping centre as the cafe, the shopping centre for anybody out there in Adelaide that wants to know is City Cross Shopping Centre, which had just mm. been renovated and opened. Add it to your DPTM walking tour. Add it to your DPTM. <laughs> add it to the DPTM walking tour location list, mm. City Cross. <laughs> uh, once, uh, after, after you've had a cold beer at the Exeter Hotel, mm. why not pop down to City Cross Arcade where Alexander <laughs> Holland worked at Bean Bar Cafe Mm. There was a there was a camera center also in that shopping center. And so the guy who was hosting the party invited all the people from the camera center. And yeah. so they owned the camera center. So they just had uh-huh. the best cameras that you could get in 2006. Yeah, okay. So what's really incredible is that even though it's 2006, mm. the photos look mm. probably better quality than even the highest quality iPhone cameras do today because mm. you know it was still a digital camera with an actual lens mm. with mm. decent depth, which gives you that beautiful image quality. So these these really really clear photos of me, yeah, when I look like boy, which is when quite weird to like see because you, you normally associate that quality of photograph with a much more yeah. recent digital photograph. The deep I'm looking grain. at these, yeah, uh, uh, this kind of grain, and also all the photographs are time stamped the file mm. with not only the date but also mm. the time and you can yeah. see in the photographs that everybody's a bit pissed yeah and it's night time and then you check and the file name says two it says like zero zero five it was exactly mm. it was 1205 mm. in uh in july 2006 so that's the interesting point about the hard drives that i should have said first and apologize <laughs> <laughs> what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to transition from the boring logistical bit into the bit yeah, that has what feelings. Makes interesting. The exactly. interesting, the thing that creates emotion and then somebody else will say, Get oh, an emotional grab. I went through my hard drives recently and it was just full of pictures of my ex-wife. I don't want to talk yeah. about it anymore. And you go, come on, it's a safe place. Let's all share. Let's and all I'm share. Going, Let's all. Do you guys a- have any Cholula? <laughs> <laughs> 
This is a bit bland. <laughs> Have you guys? My friend John likes to talk about Cholula and always goes well at parties. John, I was out. I was out running. I was out running yesterday. Went for a real yeah. early jog. And what I really loved is that I checked my phone uh, as I do sometimes when I'm jogging, particularly mm-hmm. in the moment because. Uh, we've been having a little bit of success on social media with mm. TikTok shorts. And so that means I have to refresh TikTok even when I'm out running through a park at six in the morning, <laughs> having a beautiful experience. It's very important that I yeah. connect my brain to the Chinese Communist Party, which is what <laughs> I did. There was a beautiful a little dopamine. You go, the dopamine I'm getting from nature is nothing next to what I'm going to get. <laughs> When I see that we've got 200 more likes and views on TikTok. Yeah, exactly. I, mm. I couldn't, give, couldn't give a fuck that there's a bunch of squirrels playing in a tree <laughs> next to me and, 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 and little, little blue tit birds just landing mm. on my shoulder. I just you crush them to get death. Off. <laughs> get off. You're in the way that one just flies on the screen and I just squish <laughs> it like a bug on the screen. <laughs> There's just a there's just a little squished mass of feathers and beak, and I just brush it <laughs> off the screen to reveal TikTok behind. And go, yeah, good. Yeah, nine nine new followers. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and the the message that I said from saw from you was, I think I want to talk about a new movie that's coming out on the show. <laughs> yeah, let me do that. Um, so. Bob the Builder and Jennifer Lopez, <laughs> a.k.a. J-Lo, a.k.a. Jenny from the Block, are together at last. <laughs> <laughs> I, I recently saw a headline, Al, indicating that pop star, all-round pop culture phenomenon, yeah, and one half of, I call them Bafflo or Jafflet, <laughs> but sometimes they're called Benefer. Jennifer Lopez is producing a cinematic version of what was originally, of course, a British television's yeah. sh- television phenomenon called Bob the Builder, which all of our listeners probably will know. Can we build it? Yes, we can. And I thought, J-Lo and Bob the Builder, that's not necessarily <laughs> an intuitive pairing. And as I read on, my <laughs> don't praise the machine ometer started oscillating wildly. So... A bit of background, actually, before we get into that. Bob the Builder is a children's show that originally aired on CBBC in the UK, and it follows the adventures of Bob, who is a builder, described by some sources as the as a general contractor specialising in masonry, but I don't know that we need to get <laughs> into that level of technicality. Can we, have, you got his, have you got his various uh, licences there <laughs> yeah, and his tickets? I followed him on LinkedIn. <laughs> Just to see what his what his accreditations Bob, were. Yeah, exactly. Bob is licensed to operate mm. small forklifts. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I said, I messaged him on LinkedIn and said, I've got some suspected asbestos in my wall. Are you qualified to deal with that? And he said, No, we can't. He, he said, Yes, I am. He always <laughs> just says, Yes, I yeah, am, regardless right. of what, you're, just, what you say ir- to him. He's got an ir- recklessly can-do attitude. And uh <laughs> so it's bob and his associates on the show his colleague wendy and their friends and a bunch of anthropomorphized construction vehicles uh names of lofty dizzy roly scoop muck various others started in 1999 so it's 25 years old it's been going for ages and it ran to 2011 in the UK and continued under different forms in the US, which I'll come back to in a moment. Initially, it used stop motion like a lot of shows yeah. of its ilk and then sold its soul to CGI. So it's pretty basic stuff. You know, it's aimed at quite young kids. A typical episode of Bob the Builder might be something like this, which is the third episode of the 1999 series or season. Bob and his gang help a family of hedgehogs. For those in the US, that's porcupines. Oh, I suppose they're slightly different, but same difference. To get across a busy road. Bob and his gang help a family of hedgehogs to get across a busy road. So that's, you know, that makes sense to me as the level at which I would expect an episode of Bob the Builder to be. And fast forward to now, I looked into the announcement that J-Lo was producing uh, a film remake of Bob the or a film adaptation of Bob the Builder 
The Guardian says, in something of a spin on the original series, the film's plot will see Roberto, a.k.a. Bob, travel to Puerto Rico for a major construction job where he, and this is a quote from the press release, I guess, takes on issues affecting the island and digs deeper into what it means to build. (laughs) And so the screenwriter is a guy named Felipe Vargas and Anthony Ramos will star as as Bob. The director is yet to be named. Probably, I imagine, Scorsese's on the list. (laughs) And uh, and Ramos and and J-Lo are producing it. And it goes on the press release to say Bob's journey will quote, celebrate the vibrant and colourful textures of the Caribbean Latin nations and their people. Ah. It says, pairing Anthony and Felipe's genius vision for the story will capture this beloved character in a manner that audiences who grew up with Bob will recognise and all new audiences will enjoy, said Robbie Brenner, who is the uh, president of the film production company, which, again, I'll come back to in a moment. But... I'll level with you. I'm a bit lost in uh, in this. I'm a bit lost in the historical moment in which we find ourselves now uh, because I'm not saying these are not worthwhile themes. You know, I'm interested in what does it even mean to build. I'm interested in the, in the nature of progress and the ideological foundations of that notion and the built landscape and I'm interested also in the prevailing cultural characteristics of Latin American Caribbean cultures. I think that's all fascinating. What I'm bewildered by is that we feel that Bob the Builder is an appropriate narrative prism to explore those ideas. Uh, I mean, and I was thinking about it, you know, in terms of what would you what would you do? I mean, you you know, Bob the Builder's directed at kids and particularly young kids. So let's say you take your son Timmy, Timmy Holland, to the film. Yeah. And then you you watch it. It's probably going to be about three and a half hours long. So um, <laughs> Timmy's going to have to learn some some toilet training before you even consider going. But you you're driving home and you say, Timmy, what did you think of that? And he says, Oh. I liked Muck or I liked Dizzy. Yeah. And you go, you go, fuck's sake, you've totally missed it. It's not about Muck and Dizzy. It's about don't, what it means to build. Don't mention that to J-Lo, God. <laughs> yeah. It's about, it's an exploration of the very notion of construction. What? What is that? <laughs> what is it and why do we do it? And Timmy's brain is just white noise and he's just thinking of Dizzy and Muck. And you go and you think to yourself, my son's never going to study post-structuralism at the Sorbonne. <laughs> doesn't get it. Um, so I just think, why are we, what's happening here? Why are we doing this? You know, who's it for? I mean, if it's for adults, then why don't we just tell adult stories? Why don't, why do we go, oh, Bob the Builder, let's use that as a kind of, as a prism, as I said, for, you know, exploring these quite complex themes or if it's for kids, then why do we kind of expect them to be interested in layered political and philosophical <laughs> themes? Did you did you say was it Puerto Rico that that he's going to? Yeah, so they've rebranded, they've they've renamed him Roberto, and so I don't know whether he oh, himself is. So he's is Latino. Like, yeah, is, maybe. Well, because my first question, my first question was going to be, why have they got a northern british builder to head up a project in <laughs> yeah, puerto rico that's, right. that's i mean a that that would be expensive but it's also taking jobs away surely from the mm. local community you know that, exactly you'd, you'd be you'd be going down to the local building site yeah and you'd in puerto rico and you just go why is there just a northern english builder just a good thing particularly hey, yo. I, I think <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think he was heading up. He wasn't a site. Was he a site man? I don't think he was a site manager. He certainly was he wasn't the kind of guy that you'd say, "We've we've we've headhunted you <laughs> to grow, to do a construction project," and also to to what it sounds like is he's possibly going to be some sort of agitator in the cultural revolution of in Puerto Rico. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> how did also how did how did J-Lo get on board? What was mm. it? 
about well, look, this uh, British children's stop yeah. motion animation program that made J Lo go. Of course, Maybe this do is a the project for me. She'll do like a reggaeton version of dun dun dun. Yeah, can we fix it? Do So I think part of the answer to your questions is that in 2011, the British group who owned all the rights to Bob the Builder sold that to Mattel and they Ah. sold it for over half a billion dollars. It was extremely valuable at the time, which is puzzling, but I guess it was quite a successful thing. It's strong IP, Bob the Builder, very. I mean, you think as soon as you hear it, everybody knows that song. I even remember that he was voiced by one of the guys from Men Behaving Badly, if I recall correctly. right. Yeah, you know, there okay. was there was the the kind of taller, skinny one from Men Behaving Badly. Mm. Pretty sure from memory, that's the voice of Bobby Builder. Mm, there you go. And you actually pointed this out when Barbie came out, um, because I mean, Barbie was a similar thing. It was an exploration of quite advanced themes using the linchpin of this doll and the world that she inhabited. <laughs> And I wondered, I mean, at the time, I guess I thought, well, that that makes a certain kind of sense because Barbie's a real cultural phenomenon and everyone kind of remembers it and everyone plays with it and it's tied in with, you know, gender, things like that. Yeah. But what you flagged to me at the time, which hadn't really occurred to me, was that this is just the beginning of uh, Mattel exploiting all of their intellectual property in film form. And that's what we've, we're seeing with Bob the Builder because unbeknownst to me, it's now the property of Mattel. And the article, one of the articles that I looked at indicated that this is really just the beginning of a whole trend that we're going to see. So, yeah, back to the Guardian article says many of the expected future covers of, you know, or adaptations of Mattel projects are expected to be Traditional takes on the toys, mm-hmm. but a number, it says, are ant- anticipated to be considerably grittier. It says that Lena Dunham is doing a version of Polly Pocket, uh, uh, which presumably that... will will ask the question, what even is a pocket and do we need <laughs> pockets as a society? <laughs> and Daniel Kaluuya is doing an adult take on Barney the Dinosaur which, oh, yeah, uh, that's right. Which, quote, leans into millennial angst. And there's going to be J.J. Abrams, everyone's favourite, doing a Hot Wheels film, which he says will be, quote, emotional, grounded and gritty. And I just think... Is that real? What you've That's just, real. It, yeah, I oh, thought, man. is this a joke? Like, this sounds I thought you were like, doing a bit. It sounds like an on- Onion article, and it, <laughs> but it's not. I mean, these are like... it's Because they've, they've obviously gone, well, Barbie you know, smashed all these records. absolutely. But I think they've missed the fact that, you know, there's a particular cultural capital in Barbie. There's there's considerably less in Hot Wheels. I mean, (laughs) people don't. Why would you go and see that and go, you know what I want is is to explore grittiness and to reflect on culture. But I love Hot Wheels, so I I want it to be told. I want those themes to be explored through the rubric of Hot Wheels. Yeah. Like, why? Why do you want I, that? I'm going to make a film that's all about the the lingering issues that we have to deal with because of European colonialism, and that will be mm. shown through the lens of Thomas the Tank Engine, the movie. <laughs> that's right. Exactly. Where the, where the fat controllers just having conversations with Thomas about how they how he needs to get on a ship and move to Africa Mm. because there's some real things going on there. And then Thomas is going, I'm not really sure if they're happy that I'm, that we're going over there. Mm. And the fat controller goes, Thomas, they're just savages. We need to get (laughs) over there and make sure that they're, they're they're happy. They're happy that we're coming. I'm not sure they are fat controller. That's going to be my movie. (laughs) Do, 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 do. Thomas is just looking really, really forlorn and sad. Mm. There's just local populations being forced to build the tracks on which he travels. (laughs) (laughs) Thomas, we're shipping you to Kenya. And he's going, I don't don't know if I want to go there. 
Perse, <laughs> Percy, Percy just going, harden the fuck up, Thomas. Come on. <laughs> it's about the empire. Yeah. It's about the pride of the empire. You have any bloody pride in you? <laughs> it's about the queen. It's about We're empire. We're just following orders, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that man, Hot Wheels. What was the other one? Hot Wheels, Polly oh, Pocket. Barney. And Barney. I commit. I love making these commitments, John. <laughs> I commit to not giving a single cent to anyone <laughs> of those extremely cynical cash grabs. Yeah, that's a good I, idea. Uh, I did. I did not. Well, I think we talked about it. I didn't like Barbie. I thought uh, yeah. Oppenheimer was fine. Just if we're yeah. going to talk about your Barbenheimer, yeah, yeah. Can can I? Seeing as we're on the film tip, I'm not mm. going to give away any spoilers. Mm. But I saw a film this week that I'm just going to say. This is what I'm going to say about it. Yeah. Have you seen Poor Things yet? You've not seen it yet? Not no? Not seen it yet, no. So no spoilers. And I'm going to give a proper opinion. I'm going to just, this is what I'm going to say. <laughs> I'm, I saw it last week with my friends, Marta and Jordan. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking that I might go and see that at the cinema again. I'm wow. not saying if I'm doing that because I liked it. Maybe I'm doing that because I hated it so <laughs> much. Hated I hated it go, so much. I hated it so much that I want to take notes, come yeah. back on the podcast You've and got talk some about zingers why shout yeah, I just want to cinema. really lay into it. <laughs> the last time I, mm. I, I thought about this, the last time that I saw a movie twice at the cinema mm. was The Truman Show. Peter mm. Weir's, uh, Australian director Peter Weir, director and Weir starring Jim Carrey. And that mm. film came out almost dead on 25 years ago. So it could be 25 years yeah. between drinks for me for going to see the double, the double film. So everybody, film. Wow. here, if you've seen Poor Things, yeah. write in and let me know what you thought. Poor Things starring Emma Stone and as I call him, Dark Puffalo, because I just like the, the ring of that. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a stone and Dark Puffalo. <laughs> uh, you can go and see that film. And I wanted to ask you as well, John, have you seen any movies at the cinema twice that you can remember? Mm. Maybe, you were, maybe you had to because you'd already seen it. And then a woman that you were trying to court said, will you come yeah. to the movies with me? And you thought... I've already seen Transformers Nine three times. I'm sure, that's I'm sure that's happened to me. Where they've said, "Do you want to see this?" and I'd say, "For the sake of maybe being able to kiss you, I'll do it." <laughs> I went to. I haven't. I can't remember doing that recently, except in instances where I've seen screenings of classic films. So you know, there might yeah, have been a film sure, I watched in sure. the '80s at the cinema, and now it's been redone, which is always a pleasure. I didn't think of that. I didn't think of the. Uh, the of course, of course, there is the going to classics again. Mm. And w- what was that? What have you seen recently that was a classique? I went to. What did I see? Blade Runner. I saw um, ah. that at the cinema, and that was great. And I saw a Bond film. Uh, that was great. That was a little private screening that a friend of mine organised because when we would do lockdowns in Melbourne, we have a proud tradition of long lockdowns here, and <laughs> we would we we would, it's kind of a Melbourne custom. Yeah, and, no, you uh, do retro you do retro lockdown parties. Exactly, we would have a little link up with our friends where we'd all watch um, Bond films, which was just because they're kind of entertaining and. You know they're kind of good fodder for a, a lockdown chat with your mates yeah. on on the Zoom or whatever we were on. I'm just having a look to it. What else Mattel has that? Yeah, it could, please. That it could make. Oh, into you mean a it's film. what IP? What IP is in the Mattel canon? They yeah, did, exactly. I mean, they wouldn't own it anymore, but they famously did release the first. They licensed and released the first Nintendo Entertainment System, but only oh, the first one. Wow! So they could do an NES movie yeah, where the actual movie. Nintendo entertainment system is anthropomorphized and yeah I mean they could around. Def- they could do a kind of um in the tradition of air was it called air that movie about the creation of their Jordans oh yeah and, yeah and uh they could do a or Blackberry they could do one about the creation of the Ness surely but they also own Pictionary and Uno I mean that'd be a challenge wouldn't it I'd love to take that <laughs> challenge on going how can I how can I explore post-colonial themes through the prism of Uno? <laughs> <laughs> 
pick up, pick up four, pick up eight, <laughs> yeah, pick up twelve. Right. Um, I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking it up, John, and you'll be very happy to know. I just did my Thomas joke off the mm. cuff. Mattel mm. owns Tom, Mattel owns Thomas and Friends. There you go. So here wow. I've got in front of me. I've got what the fuck? Why is Jurassic World in there? They, they. Mm. I wonder if that's just that they own the right to make the toys. Surely they don't own Jurassic Park. So I, I can see Polly so. Pocket. Uh, yeah. Fisher Price, so maybe anything that's under Fisher Price, mm. Pictionary, Uno, Thomas and Friends. It looks like they own Masters of the Universe as well, but I think yeah. that's almost that. getting. I wonder if that's kids. Kids that would just be for the parents, I assume, though, because they didn't yeah. keep making Masters yeah. of the Universe. Masters of the Universe. You could make a movie called Masters of the Universe about neo-Nazis, for example. <laughs> <laughs> Polly Pocket. Mm. Oh, fi- they, they own Fireman Sam. Is oh, that, there you go. Is wow. That, I'm having a look. Do they yes. own Postman Pat? Yeah, Postman that, Pat would be There's good. a holdout. I was listening to the Fireman Sam theme song because you sent me this fucking thing about... Bob the Builder. Mm. I had all I had all of the classic working class stop motion British children's television yeah. program animation characters in my mind. So mm. I was singing Bob the Builder. Mm-hmm. I was singing Postman Pat, mm. and I was singing the Fireman Sam song. Yeah, and such comforting little little worlds, aren't they? Yeah. And that's why I don't want them to be. <laughs> Appropriated for, for the exploration of contentious ideas. I'm happy for people to explore those ideas, but please leave the island of Sodor out of it. <laughs> Postman when Pat turns up to work. Postman Pat turns up for work one day mm. and tells everybody at the office that he would like to be Postman Patricia. Mm. Or he starts. Maybe he starts using Postwoman Patricia. He starts using the mail service to threaten people in positions positions of high political office. <laughs> he starts postman Pat just starts going around and dropping flies in people's letterbox, mm. pointing pointing to a tweet that the mayor had made fifteen years earlier that he <laughs> deemed problematic. <laughs> <laughs> but the Fireman Sam theme song yeah. is amazing. It's mm. If you're listening to the Fireman Sam theme song and you don't know it's about Fireman Sam, if you were to replace the lyrics with a story about a boy and a girl, Mm. it just sounds like a really upbeat, amazingly produced, (laughs) late 1980s, almost sophisti-pop song. Uh, And I'm not ashamed to say... Can you give us a a few bars? Well, I spent half an hour yesterday trying to find the... The full version, because there's the version from the show, which if yeah. you watch the clips from the show, it's all in mono for for, mm-hmm. for a start. And second of all, you only get 30 seconds and you get this very loud uh, fire bell at the start. Because it goes, mm. and then it goes, jibba, 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 and then it goes, when he hears the fire bell chime, fireman Sam is there on time. Someone could be. In a jam. So hurry, hurry, fireman Sam. He's always on the scene. And the guy who wrote it. That is a great song, yeah. And uh, I guess it was probably CBeebies as well, but BBC. They put out a single in. I guess Fireman Sam is probably was probably eighty seven or eighty eight, and you so you can get a forty. There was a forty five inch single sold with the uh, original theme song, three minute version. So there's these all these extra wow. verses, and because Fireman Sam was actually Welsh, yeah. The, on the B side is the Fireman Sam theme in Welsh, which you can <laughs> oh, also no hear as well, wow. which is actually very beautiful sounding, yeah, language, mm. and so I was listening to that. A lot yesterday, and I found actually somebody has uploaded the full three-minute version of the Fireman Sam theme in so really already, high quality. I mean, the ship sailed because it's already been a, kind of appropriated to promote Welsh nationalism, and therefore <laughs> sullied. <laughs> John, 
Should we quickly talk about the biggest tech story of the week by far? One of the biggest tech stories of the year. This is a tech-related podcast we claim in elevators when we need to pitch the show to people and it needs Mm. a direct angle. So this Mm -hmm. week, Apple launched their first virtual reality product, although they're not calling it virtual reality for some other reasons that I'll save for another day. They're very deliberately not using the term Uh, virtual reality in any of their marketing materials. So the Vision Pro came out this week. People would have seen it. It's those weird goggles it's been called apple's most ambitious product launch mm-hmm. in years maybe hmm. ever hmm. because if you think about it one thing that people have been saying is that the the tech world and and sort of consumer tech products has become a bit stagnant in the last few years there was a period of yeah. smartphones came out you know first out, first iPhone 2007 and then yep. for years and years there were all these incredible developments with mm. phones because people were going let's add this let's make them do that that let's make them do this and so people got used to these incredible updates with various yep. technology that was a lot of it was coming out through phones mm-hmm. but a lot of tech writers in the last few years have said that that's started to become a bit stagnant people mm. were pointing to the fact that iPhones obviously have a new iPhone has to come out every year and yep. with each new iPhone of the last few years, the 12, the 13, the 14, people were looking at them and going, this doesn't really seem to be any different from last mm. year. So it looks like everybody's plateaued a little bit. So yeah. people are quite interested in this and they Vision say Pro it's not, thing. But your old one's going to slow down because we're going to put a virus <laughs> on it. So yeah, just because, buy this, will you? Because <laughs> we've got planned obsolescence yeah. built into everything. So the Vision Pro... Uh, apparently it was in development for six or seven years, hmm. and I think this is right because I don't have my notes in front of me. I think they lodged, I think it's five thousand patents for the technology. Wow. I think the I think the earliest patent that is listed on this dates back to two thousand and seven. Hmm. So for for context. Hmm. So the app they're saying the Vision Pro took six or seven years in development before it came out and maybe 5,000 patents. Yeah. For context, the iPhone 1, the first one, took two to three years and I think they had 500 patents. So this mm. thing is considerably more complex, it seems, than just wow. your iPhone. And a lot of journalists now, they are writing about it. A lot of them had an opportunity to play with it a little bit last year when it was being demoed and there's a lot of things to talk about because it's an apple product so it's really the first the first time that one of these vr headsets Mm -hmm. has been marketed through an extremely strong brand where people who Mm. perhaps would have never considered getting a virtual reality headset before you've got oculus rift and meta uh have released have released products but I've never, it's funny, I would, have you, I've never even seen one in my life, even though they're out there and you can buy them, you yeah. can buy an Oculus Rift and whatnot. I've never seen one. Nobody I know no. has owned one. I haven't seen one in a department store. I've never tried one on. Yeah, the last time I used a virtual reality headset was at some kind of science expo in the 90s. That's and me it too. Just, and it it's, was terrible. I, I, literally, I literally remember, I'm not shitting you, this is going to mm. be extreme, people who, people 90s Adelaide heads are going to love this reference. <laughs> this is very t- DPTM. The, mm. the, I think the last virtual reality headset I tried on was in 1992 in Dazzleland <laughs> at the top of the Maya Center yeah. in Rundle Mall in Adelaide. And that was when <laughs> that was when virtual reality looked like the money for nothing music video from Dire Straits. Yeah, it totally did. Totally did. Yeah. And the main thing that it offered which just blew people's minds. It didn't really matter how basic it looked, but what mattered was you could put this headset on and then if you went like this, turn your head to the exactly. right, it would turn the visual field to the right and people exactly. were like, we're in the future. And then yeah. they were, and then it was kind of like, this is a good idea, but it's still the 90s, so we can't really do anything <laughs> with it. So it just kind of went away for 20 years. And then <laughs> <laughs> It's true. Yeah. Everyone thought it was dead. Mm. So Apple have decided let's give it a go. It's a big risk because because mm. it's it's such a different way of of interacting with a with a device and yeah. whether or not that is how people want to interact. Famously, 
Facebook changed its name to Meta and Zuckerberg mm. went all in and starting spending billions of dollars per hour trying to yeah. trying to create the metaverse and then they've had to really wind that back because their stock <laughs> fell like through a, the floor and all the like all the investors were just going shut this, shut this down. Yeah. But Apple's gone, okay, let's let's give it a go. So they've released the Vision Pro this week. And I don't know, have you seen any videos of it, John? No, I can't say that I have. You can you can do so it the way that it works mm. is that it tracks your eye movement. So there's no oh, wow. the, there's no hand controller which differentiates it from hmm. uh, I think all the other virtual reality headsets that have been coming out in the last few years. They normally come with some kind of paddle or almost like a Nintendo Wii remote so you can yep. use your hands. This this has nothing. So oh. the way the way that you control it yeah. is by looking at things, it tracks your eyes. Wow. So you look at the object window mm. or whatever that you want to interact with and mm. then it knows this is the what Alex wants to interact with. Yeah. Interact with. <laughs> the virtual boob that you wish to interact with. <laughs> yeah. And and then and it tracks your hand movements as well. So you pinch you okay. pinch and move things like mm. is that minority report where he does oh, that? Oh yeah, that's is, right. Yeah. So you do you do it, it's that it's that thing that we've been waiting wow. for for years where you switch yeah. and swipe everything. Right. So everybody's talking about that. Yeah, but it was. What are they? The, what are the expected applications? Is it beyond gaming? Is it going to be a new way of using the internet? Could you use it to kind of augment your daily experience in some way, or is it too immersive for that? It's uh, that's a very good question. I believe they're saying that it will be a much a much more pleasant way, for example, of interacting on video calls with mm. with people because yeah. it will feel more human. Because I suppose what they're what they're experimenting with is how how much of our way of interacting with the natural world. How mm. much of that do we want in a virtual space? So yeah. We all just we all just accept that you know keyboard and mouse and a screen yeah. is yeah. is is the way that you interact with computers, but mm. that you know that's just a, a paradigm that we've mm. accepted. There's yeah. no reason why the next step couldn't be that you turn your head and you know it's funny even keyboards and mice. Yeah, yeah. there's 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 not any particular reason why that has to be the no. way you know yeah maybe we should be maybe we should be looking and swishing and, and maybe i could maybe i'd prefer to swish and swipe yeah and look at the podcast rather than tippy tap. but yeah. i would like to, i wish i just hope that in the vision pro there's a lot of squishing <laughs> motions that's the only way that i want to interact <laughs> on with a, a zoom computer. call and you just reach out and squish your person you're talking to <laughs> It'll be the equivalent of a, a poke in the olden days of Facebook. Yeah, squeeze. Mm. But <laughs> but I'm looking uh, forward to a time where I don't have to use any of my muscles and I can just <laughs> atrophy into a my gaming chair. I just want to use my tongue so I can go. <laughs> uh, John. I'm going to record the podcast. Hang on. Hang on. And then I'm going to go, hang on, I have to just open the other window. <laughs> Swipe. We go, uh, I'm a couple, that's how I go through tabs. Is I just, uh, hang on. Hang on. Sorry, John. You're on the 10th tab. One, two, three. And then I just tongue across. Tongue across all the way. <laughs> but so the Vision Pro comes out this o- Oculus week. Oculus lick. Yeah. <laughs> So the Vision Pro comes out this week and I, mm-hmm. you know, it's fine. Everybody's talking about the functionality of it and and if there's a if there's a particular killer app that people right. are going to, I mean, it's $3,500 US. That's the other yeah. important thing. This is a luxury product. It's three and a half grand wow. to get one of these, to get one of these things. But yeah. I being myself, of course, I'm trying to find the thorniest, I mean, I didn't even have to find it. It's the first thing that I thought about, which is the, mm. the kind of difficult ethical considerations and the moral mm. decisions that we're having to make as we become more intertwined with these technologies. So mm. I think no one is talking about the most controversial aspect of Apple's Vision Pro headset, and that is 
the dystopian decisions that we're going to be faced with in the future. Mm. So one part of the Apple Vision Pro that's new is something that Apple is calling personas. What a persona is, is essentially a digital representation of you in Uh Apple world. So anybody who's used Apple products, if you have an iPhone or Mm. I have a, I have a M1 Mac, you can, you often, often people make a little emoji of themselves, which is on the lock screen of their, and, and also if you, if you use Apple airdrop, you can mm-hmm. make a little image that represents your yourself. Mm. It almost to me feels like this is the next evolution of that in Apple world. Yeah, where the what you what you do when you set up the Vision Pro is you take the headset off. It, te- it guides you. It says, "Okay, we're going to capture your persona." Right, and then you hold the Vision Pro in front of you because it's got a bunch of cameras on it. This thing, and yeah. then in the same way that you would record a fingerprint when you're setting up the security on your iPhone or whatever. Yep. It tells you, okay, look to the left, look to the right, look up, look down. Um, yeah. And it scans your entire face. Mm. And then it says, okay, it's done. And mm. then it now has a representation of you that it can present, yeah. for example, to other Vision Pro users at the moment. Yeah. And it's it's still Uncanny valley it doesn't look exactly like the real you. Okay. It still has an almost Nintendo Wii cartoonish yep. look. It's not like Meta's cartoon. It's getting much closer. They're, they're okay. going for something that is much more human than yep. we've previously seen. Yeah. But the thing that wow. just strikes me about it straight away, mm. they don't let you edit how you look. Right. So... It scans your head mm. and it goes, well, this is what you get now. This is, for the time being, uh, we, yeah. Apple Corporation, have decided yeah. that yeah. this is how we're going to allow we're gonna, you we're gonna to appear. We're going to capture underbite and there's nothing you can do about it. Exactly. Yeah. And so already, so I mean, you were asking me, what's the purpose of this? Like, why would I want to exist in a virtual space? Why would I want my... You know, why instead of having a video of myself on a Zoom call, why would I want a virtual me? Mm. And I was saying that a journalist who has used the headset, a woman, was saying, well, one of the advantages of this Mm. is that I don't have to put my makeup on in the morning if I Mm. have a meeting at 9 a.m. Yeah. The avatar has the makeup on. The avatar has the nice hair yeah. I have had a cold for the last two days and yeah. I didn't get any sleep last night because I have a newborn. And yeah. so you Just get to see it. me all dolled up. Yeah. Because that's how the Vision Pro captured my persona when I first yeah, yeah, yeah. did it. But this obviously calls into question yeah. a whole lot of ethical considerations because, mm. I mean, the first one that I thought of, which. The first one that I just thought of is, what if you were Cr- crotch size, same as me? That's what I thought. That's what <laughs> yes. I went to. But buttocks, <laughs> buttocks. On a very basic, so let's on a very basic level. Let's say yeah. you've had acne. Let's say you've had acne scars for your yeah. whole life. As yeah. a teenager, you had very sure. bad acne, and as an adult, you carry that into your life. Yeah. Take for example somebody like the musician Seal. Seal yeah. has a very scarred face. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, perhaps Seal goes, I don't want those scars in. Yeah, but I don't want Tim, my avatar is, to do that. Yeah. Is Tim Cook just going to go, well, no, mm. sorry, you have to. And then the question becomes, well, mm. how? what if I'm particularly disfigured? What if I was in a fire? What yeah. if What if I've, and then how does that work? Like, like do you have to appeal to Apple and say, yeah. oh, can I come in for a meeting and show you just how disfigured I am? And then you yeah. go, oh, okay, yeah. That is a bit more serious than, say, Soluble a slightly modifier. bigger nose. But then, yeah, I, I mean, obviously giving people content, complete control over modifying themselves is its own is its own kettle of fish because uh, people say, you know, represent themselves as having ethnic characteristics that they don't have in real exactly. life or whatever. And then people get, no doubt, could find ways to be offensive and other people to be offended by those yeah. kinds of antics and uh you, and you know there's even things like 
you know, in, in South Asia, it's mm. often discussed that some people say that having a darker skin tone is less desirable and makes you mm. seem as if you might be of a of a lower class. Yeah. And so skin whitening in those yeah. communities has always been a thing. Colorism is even a bit of a thing in the African American community. So mm. what if you know, what if somebody just goes, I don't I would like to be a few shades yeah. lighter. Yeah. Like suddenly it starts getting very tricky. Bloody hell. I wonder if, I mean, they must be having these conversations. But Absolutely. I, but I tell you what, I looked and I could not, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure if I dug deeper, this would be, there would be general discussions about, about the, the, the question of how we should mediate representing yeah. ourselves in digital space, but I couldn't find yeah. anything at the, <laughs> Apple certainly wasn't mentioning it no, in their, in their, in their, in their material this week. Celebratory press release, they're saying... Yeah, admittedly, shit, there's a storm coming and we don't know how to deal with it. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, and I mean, surely I was even thinking that somebody will just do a video about this on YouTube straight away. Mm. For example, you could be, you could be a, you could be a, a trans woman who wants to pass for being more feminine, but you could just yeah. be a, a, you could be a biological male who happens yeah. to have an extremely square jaw, classically masculine fa- facial features and then you scan yourself for the persona and it presents you and you go well that's not how i would wish to be presented this is not how i want to be represented because normally Mm. i want to be i want to pass as best i can as female tim cook yeah you telling me because and here's another again another thorny part of this yeah is that people who have the money can afford surgeries uh for example Dylan Mulvaney has had facial feminization surgery, which is extremely uh-huh. expensive. Right. But you go to a surgeon and they modify your face so they take away anything that is classically um, seen <laughs> as masculine. They, you know, if mm. you, they can sort of shave your jaws and, and push things around. And it, it makes right. it certainly changes you from looking more masculine to more feminine. But again, yeah. Dylan Mulvaney has thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars from brand deals. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Are you, is Tim Cook going to tell a younger Someone. trans person, yeah. no, you can't, sorry, well, you just have to look like that in, in Apple world. Yeah, and also, I mean, there's always... Poor people can't what, represent themselves the way that they want. Yeah, there's always been a, a well, one of the attractions of avatar creation has been this, you know, ability to play with certain features of yours or even enhance features that you're pleased with or whatever and just kind of create a slightly idealized model of yourself but if the technology is just saying no it has to be just how you look i mean then again i can understand them going well the simplest way to deal with this is just however you look in real life we're just going to do our best to recreate that because otherwise you know because it's not our fault that you look that way in real life (laughs) but 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 if we if we Vision start letting, Pro, it's not our fault that you look that way. <laughs> exactly. I think is the tagline under yeah. the product this week. Vision Pro, the scanning software doesn't lie. <laughs> and yeah, the the um I mean that does seem to me kind of the most straightforward solution because if you as I say, if you give people too much latitude, there's gonna be fights breaking out every which way. Yeah. And they'll just, you know, they'll just be able to say, Well, look. Uh, the real world's problems are are the problems of the real world. They're not ours. We're just representing you faithfully. But I'll tell you what, I'm certainly going to be going to get my new Apple, what's it called? Apple Persona. Persona. And I'm going to get a haptic cod piece to go with it. (laughs) I'm going to go absolutely hog wild in there. (laughs) I don't even, I was thinking, I don't even want necessarily a, giant digital penis i just want a very <laughs> very beautiful one kind of like yeah, a true. i don't even care if it's real small i just want a real i, I want to click michelangelo's david i want a little yeah. david down there a little cherubic one <laughs> and then people <laughs> i want a little marble i want it made of marble and i want it smooth and tiny <laughs> i want that i want that real renaissance rod downstairs <laughs> yeah just comment on all the articles about it with that. Anyone else thinking what I'm thinking? 
So I can't wait to get one of these things on my head. I wonder if <laughs> you must be able to – I'm wondering what access they have at the Apple Store, how long it takes to set up. I would love mm. to try one. Apparently the experience is is pretty – breathtaking i mean they say the reviewers are saying parts of it are still a bit shit as you can right yeah you can imagine it's not going to be perfect yet this is a work in progress but they're saying marquez uh mkbhd who is my favorite tech reviewer he was saying Mm. there are parts of it that are pretty stunning he was saying Mm. in particular that its ability to make an object appear in front of you Mm. And for you to really move your head around and for it to stay in rock solid in place, he said, is incredible. Mm. He said, you might be getting, he said, this is very hard for me to explain to you on a YouTube video, but yeah. you might be picturing that if you put some sort of virtual reality headset on and it presents you with an object in virtual space, in augmented yep. reality, that if you do a bit of this, then the yeah. object will kind of wobble. And he was saying yeah. it doesn't wobble. Wow. He's saying it sticks there and it's a really incredible experience i think i also watched a video with uh one of my favorite youtubers casey neistat who i think was talking about james cameron i think has talked about using one and (laughs) said that it's said that it's putting it on for the first time is almost like a religious experience Hmm. wow and you know um, this could be this this really could be the first it could be the kind of thing where in far in ten years, John, when we're yeah. doing this podcast virtually and yeah. we're having a conversation about the first time you mm. put this now ubiquitous piece of technology on, and we mm. go, "Oh, you know, we were joking about it, and we were talking about mm. whether or not you'd be able to change yourself." And at that time, I'll be sitting there as a massive blue marshmallow man with little arms coming out <laughs> with, with a with a genital baby, with a baby with marble a, penis <laughs> with a with a mate with with a brand new genitals that has only existed in the virtual space and coming up <laughs> yeah i'm coming up with new with new genitals and i'll just be yeah. a blue squished marshmallow with tiny hands coming out like kirby and brand new genitals that we all now accept in the digital world yeah Can't and you'll be going that. oh re- remember when we used to have to be ourselves and do the podcasts yeah. Boring. Remember when we it'll first be, put on the Vision Pro? It'll be like that clip that they play where it's, I think it's NBC Today or one of those shows. And, you know, Katie Couric is asking, now That's what right. is internet? What is they, internet? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sounds kind of goofy to me. <laughs> yeah, Sounds like right. another crazy fad, like the <laughs> yo yo. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking forward to a time because I have missed launch events where there's just a bunch of nerds running around on stage sweating profusely occasional clapping yeah occasional blips where the technology malfunctions (laughs) and you can just see i mean i used to love that because i I used to particularly love it when steve jobs was doing it and something would fuck up and he'd kind of you could see this sort of darkness flash across his face and then he'd continue because he was just being a pro but you think man somebody is gonna get (laughs) particularly with steve jobs yeah someone's gonna absolutely get it (laughs) (laughs) so that's what we're uh that's what we're all looking forward to and john i want to say what a great show you've put together (laughs) thank you today thanks everyone (laughs) thanks everyone for being part of it it's a classic Two-parter with a bit of riffraff at the beginning. That's yeah. one of the it's one of the classic forms this show takes. I don't want to be editorializing about my own show, but that's what the critics say. They say <laughs> that when they sometimes they'll say this was a bit more of a multifaceted one. Sometimes they'll mm. say it was a, it was a classic one-two punch uh, with the with the two main schlags and a little bit of foreplay at the beginning. Yeah, absolutely, guys. <laughs> As we say every show right now, we're really spruiking all the new things that we're jumping into. Don't want to give you too yeah. much because I've done a bit of marketing study in my time and they always talk about not overloading people with right. too many calls to action because if you give people, like if yeah. I tell people to do all the things, nobody does anything. So yeah. maybe I'll pick one right now, which is sign up to the email list right yeah, now. Idea. Yeah. It's very easy dptm.org there's only one page on the website right now and it's an email sign up form dptm.org john has been slaving away on his vision mm. pro headset tonguing every key for a brand new <laughs> newsletter you'll be yeah. able you'll be able to sense the saliva 
on the newsletter <laughs> that he's tonguing up for you right that he's tonguing up for you right now. I can't wait. I'm quite excited about the kind of old schoolness of just sending a bunch of followers a newsletter and I'm gonna really throw myself into it. And Al's Absolutely. gonna have to aggressively edit the first draft because it's <laughs> novel length. <laughs> dptm.org you're not going to want to miss john's writing john headmar saint ignatius headmasters yeah essay champion mm. Mm. 1993 all the way through to the year 2000 maybe john maybe just mm. th- maybe just paste a couple of old headmasters essays into yeah, these emails into these idea. newsletters guys great idea guys this week from john it's mm. 1997s. Do you remember any of the themes that you wrote? Yeah, on? the first one was on a was on a ship, like a kind of pirate ship. <laughs> it was creative writing. It was creative or- writing, and I think it was about what was the? It was a talking parrot, which name who was named? Oh, far out. I don't know. I'll, it'll come to me. But I'll mm. yeah, I'll dig some of those. I'll, I'll dig, dig some of those look, up, guys. And John's look, gonna be writing. I just want to just quick correction. Brian Don Levy did beat me in year nine for the Headmasters Essay Prize, oh. but that's that's uh, I think widely considered to be an upset of scandalous yeah. proportions. And no doubt, it was about something, some some sort of allegory of the troubles. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. They were just giving it to him because they were like, "Well, his Irish ancestors have been wronged," and I said, "Well, so am I. Um, can we just <laughs> look at my fucking surname?" Yeah. I said, God, little did I know, I was like jumping up and down saying, can we just assess this on merit? And I think these, <laughs> uh, I think these headmasters say it should be blind marked, I would scream. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, you absolutely love this newsletter. It's coming to you real, real soon. DPTM.org. You can do it right now on your phone as well. The email sign up form, I've made sure. Looks real nice on mobile, dptm.org. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to Don't Praise the Machine this week. And we're going to be here again next week, as we are every single Tuesday. Or if you if you stay up really late on Monday nights mm. in the Northern Hemisphere, then you can also get it then. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in to Don't Praise the Machine this week. And we can't wait to see you next week. Ah, the podcast.